It is a nice day today. I see some patches of blue sky, a little bit of the sun shining through. So, though it's mostly overcast, and uh, but the temperature is nice. I think it is about 12 degrees, which is actually very warm compared to these previous days. I'm walking alongside the church, heading for a shortcut through the cemetery, <laughs> which I have discovered. I really don't like walking alongside the, the busy road where you've got all that traffic noise. There's a bit of traffic here, but it's mostly going to the uh, center of, my, of the town where I live. And that is just not a very um, busy road for, for commuters. And I, I think that if I cross through the cemetery, I'll be able to pick another quiet lane uh, that will lead me to the woods. So that makes for a much nicer soundscape. And I have to say also visually, for me, um, walking through nature, I mean, this part of the town is full of trees. You've got the nice tower of the Protestant church in the center of the town here on the left. It all looks so much nicer than walking alongside a busy road. And that also does something psychologically. If you walk around in nature, it affects your, your brain as far as I know. So here we enter the cemetery and then I think there is an exit on the other side. We've got beautiful birch trees here on on both sides of the of the, of the central lane through these or um, in the middle of all these graves and this is a huge on my right I've never seen this because I've never been here during the daytime there's a statue a white statue of, a, of an angel that is almost full size although nobody really knows what size angels are and it stretches out its right hand towards the heavens as if to point the living that visit these places that they should not look down, but they should look up to the heavens. That is kind of my my guess, <laughs> why they put that statue there in the middle. Kind of interesting also, because this used to be a very Protestant town. And of course, in Protestantism, depictions of heavenly creatures uh, is, is rare. So, um, although I don't think that this is a particular... Uh, exclusive Protestant cemetery. I think it is a general cemetery, <clears throat> but you have mostly religious people from various faiths that are buried here. At least I, I don't... Actually, I don't know. I'm just saying that. <laughs> I have no idea. Hey, today um, on this episode of The Walk, I want to talk to you about something that I've been uh, thinking about quite a bit the, for the past few days, which has to do with time management. Um, and it's something that we all struggle with from time to time. How do you uh, use your time uh, in an efficient way? How can you keep things balanced? There is usually so much that we want to do and also a lot of things that we need to do. Um, and we almost feel as if the days are too short, at least if you are me. <laughs> and so time management in itself, keeping that balance is very important. Let me turn to the left here. This is another part where I've never been. These are very small houses, um, but they are built with a park in between these tiny houses. I see a white and black cat crossing the road in front of me, and I hear a helicopter above me. This is also an area where you have often uh, military uh, training and that sort of stuff happening. And I can see that a lot of the the typical flowers for the for the month of February and March are already starting to come out of the ground. These are all purple flowers, beautiful. I think if the weather stays nice and if it doesn't freeze over <laughs> during one of these nights, I think uh, next week this will be one sea of flowers announcing springtime. So... The, the, the necessity to keep things balanced is something that we all know we should do. But how do you do it in reality? And if you followed me for uh, the last few years, you know that I always fall into the same pitfalls of... Or step into the same pitfalls of, of trying to do too much. And then usually 
sacrificing a lot of my sleep, free time, uh, um, my mental balance in a certain way, my spiritual life, I would sacrifice it all to the things that are most urgent and most important. And I've explained in the past how important it is to have a very good idea of uh, what your priorities are and making sure that your allocation of time matches your values and matches your your goals, your long-term goals. Don't always do just what is urgent. If it's not that important, try to delegate as much as you can and focus on your area of excellence. These are all topics that I've talked about at length. And still, even today, in this first month uh, that is now behind us of January, I often felt how difficult it is in in real life to keep that balance and how often I still skip, for instance, the hour that I normally allocate every day to read, to skip that and to continue working, and then some. And of course, intellectually you know that is not what you should do, but if you're in the middle of work and you're in this flow, it's very hard to to not do that. And so the other day I was... um, scrolling through my Twitter feed, I've got two Twitter feeds actually, a Dutch one and an, an English one, an international one. And this of course has to do with my presence in this country, and not just as a podcast priest um, or YouTuber, um, but also as a television personality to a certain extent because, you know, I just have this small program uh, once a week but I still have quite a few people that follow me in in Dutch and that I wanted to be able to reach also in in Dutch whenever there's a discussion that's more localized you don't want to bother your international followers with that so I have this secondary feed in in Dutch and I follow a number of journalists and church people fellow priests bishops and whatnot and uh, one of the guys that I follow there, um, I've, I've known him for a long time. He's a stand-up comedian, uh, an Apple fan, <laughs> a huge uh, gamer, and uh, also has written a lot of articles about gaming. So you could also call him a game, gamer, gaming journalist. Um, and he used to have a podcast with a couple of friends where every week they would talk about new video games that I followed that religiously it was a, a really fun podcast I kept on following uh, his uh, his show um, when they were doing a podcast later on his tweets but more recently he is uh, focusing on more on his stand-up work and he's been <laughs> very busy debunking a lot of the non-scientific uh, stuff around the corona pandemic and all the misinformation and he um, created a YouTube channel where he uh, makes these videos where um, uh, in a very funny way he tries to debunk a lot of the nonsense that's out there and that is actually also sometimes very dangerous Um, and so I'm, I'm always reading his tweets to see what's going on and he also shares a lot of the stuff that is happening to him ever since he started to do the debunking because you get an army of people that are so almost religious fanatics in a certain way, at least in their behavior, that try to degrade him and dox him. And it's just unbelievable what what an aggression Um, is usually, I would say, very funny debunking videos. What what kind of aggressive behavior that... um, that uh, suscitates among certain people. Um, But, of course, uh, for journalists and writers and stand-up comedians, the pandemic has been really tough because there is not much work. (laughs) And especially if you're a stand-up comedian, um, a lot of the gatherings were not possible or you could just have a very, very small amount of people present. And so he started his own business, and or he, actually he has his own business he's a uh, an entrepreneur in a certain way but it means if you're not working for a boss or for a company you have to do all the financial stuff yourself 
um, I have the benefit of having a, a very, very professional board of people that are super experienced. I've got the administrative help and also the kind of the the, the daily del- deliberations with Inga. So I, we can always, uh, we call it ping-ponging, <laughs> basically going back and forth. What should we do? What are our priorities? So I have a huge help in the form of all these different people. Let's not forget the community of patrons that is also giving me more and more feedback and helps me to make the right decisions. But if you work just for yourself, you have to do everything yourself, and especially the financial part of it, the taxes, all that. You know, if, you're, if you have never studied that, <laughs> if nobody taught you how to do that, that can be quite daunting. Um, and as a priest... Uh, I certainly have ha- haven't had any formation uh, in in the financial uh, world. Even if it comes to private finance, I am just a very I'm very conservative when it comes to money. I I don't spend much of it. I always try to be as um, is it thrifty as possible, um, and I'm always looking for ways to keep the costs under control there's this is i've been listening for a couple of years to uh dave ramsey who is a an american financial counselor you could say or advisor he's got his own podcast and television or radio show and his speciality is to keep people out of debt or if they are in debt which is unfortunately the case with many people in the united states he helps them to get out of debt and so from listening to his show for, well, at least two or three years, reading some of those books, I gathered a lot of kind of financial common sense, what to do, what not to do, how to make sure that you always spend less than you make. But that was kind of my, the, the, that was the extent of my financial knowledge, is just try to always spend less than, than you make and you'll be fine. And so, for instance, for our organization, for Tridio, we, we knew that we wanted to have some margin for situations like actually the one that we're currently in, where our costs of operation are higher than the income, uh, despite, of course, the fa- fantastic support of the patrons. The fact that my television work has fallen away is uh, putting the whole financial balance in jeopardy, but... Thanks to our very prudent, I think, uh, financial policy, we know that we can continue a few months without making a dime. And we would still be able to pay all the bills, also all the recurring bills. As you can imagine, with this kind of media work, you have your subscriptions to Adobe and to hosting and the website maintenance and all that stuff. And so we are fine for now, but... In these upcoming months, and we need to redress, restore the balance. And so uh, that is fine. However, there is another aspect of the work that I do that is maybe not monetary value, but it is still worth a lot. And that is our time, is where do you invest your time? And time management in a certain way is very similar to budget management but instead of counting with euros or dollars you're counting with energy time spent and time as you know is irreversible (laughs) no matter how many DeLoreans we may have in our backyard but as far as I know there's no way to go back and relive time like Hermione can do with that little device and she can just um, follow (laughs) several uh, courses at Hogwarts uh, simultaneously because she just keeps going back in time and doubling her hours. Time is limited. Time is actually way more valuable than money. And uh, the more I uh, am aware of the financial... What is that? I hope it's not... It sounded like fireworks, but it could also be... Uh, a, a rifle of people hunting deer or rabbits or whatnot. Uh, and I hope they have their glasses on so they don't 
they don't identify the little wind cap that I have on my on my uh, recorder as a the tail of a rabbit because that's exactly what it looks like. <laughs> anyway, if I got shot, it was a pleasure <laughs> taking you on this last walk. Um, so, the more I become aware of the importance of uh, balancing the budget and 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 learning how to get how to stay healthy financially, the more I, I, I become aware of how important it is to do the same with my time. And that in many ways, the techniques you can use are also similar. That's what I wanted to talk about today. Now, the reason, uh, we more, uh, the, the reason that I was uh, talking about this uh, stand-up comedian, he uh, tweeted the other day that he had finished a book called Profit First... And he was super enthusiastic about it. It was like, wow, this really opened my eyes uh, to, the, to the financial aspects of my business and how I can keep afloat in these difficult times and highly recommend it. So I looked it up. <laughs> oh, there is a truck here and a guy with a gun. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. So it was definitely a gunshot that I heard. Um, this is someone from the, let's say, local um, maintenance uh, division or whatever. So I guess that he's been uh, he's been shooting down, hopefully, something that needed to be shot down. <laughs> it's funny. So I I did identify it as a rifle shot. It could be that. Um, uh, I don't know, actually, what could they shoot at? Because it's winter and it's not that crowded. Maybe boars? There are sometimes boars in these woods. However, in order to get to this part of the forest, they need to cross a a busy road, so it's very unlikely. Uh, And boars, of course, would uh, present a a danger to visitors here. Um... Yeah, actually, I have no idea what he what he was shooting. I only heard one shot. Oh, he's driving up to me. There are two dogs walking around here without a leash. So I guess he's got to be careful. <laughs> anyway, the mystery of the of the forest. <clears throat> the uh, I was intrigued. So I looked up the book. I found uh, the audiobook version of it on Storytel, which is kind of like Audible. Um, but it's similar, but then you have a subscription, and it's basically all you can read instead of all you can eat. So I like the model a lot better even than Audible because it's just as flat feeds. I think it's 10 bucks or 11 bucks a, m- uh, a month. But I read like the majority of the books that I read if I'm not sitting down. Thanks to Storytel. So I found the book, started reading it, and immediately it hit me. This is also very much applicable to time management and to my life. And in all aspects of my life, not just the productive side of it. And that's why I wanted to bring it up here on the walk, because I think this also touches upon our spiritual life, on the time that we invest in relationships, the time we dedicate to our friends and family... If you are like me, there's always this temptation to sacrifice everything to just work because work seems to be the most urgent and most important thing. Of course, which is not the case because we should work to live instead of living to work. And so having a good idea of what your values are is the first step in this process. But then it's also about being perfectly honest with yourself that that you're often in debt. Uh, This is this is an American book uh, that was translated and also adapted to the Dutch situation. So in in the Netherlands, it's uh, much less common that people go in debt, Uh, and so uh, (laughs) the whole part of the book that that handles. the whole debt elimination, how to <coughs> how to do that, is uh, has been modified quite a bit. But 
there is a debt that most of us have outstanding that we don't calculate in euros or, or dollars. And that's the debt that we have towards our friends and family, ourselves, God. All these relationships require time. There's not one single relationship that can persist if you never invest in it. Even the word that investing in relationships shows you how much financial management and time management are, are similar. Um, relationships require time, energy, focus, dedication in order to thrive. And so if we sacrifice our time, which is very common, I do it as a priest, I think a lot of uh, people that have jobs have that same kind of tinge of, of, of regret, like I should spend more time with my kids and I always uh, have all these meetings and things that I feel are so urgent, but shouldn't I also be there for my family? Yes, the answer is yes. And for me, in my case, shouldn't I be more available to God? Shouldn't I have more time for my friends for um, to be available to people that just want some feedback on, on the internet. I've got a lot of questions and, and interaction with people on, on YouTube ever since the channel started to grow. And so that is too, it's also a form of a pastoral relationship that requires my time. Um, but if I sacrifice it all to you know, the big monster <laughs> that needs to be fed in terms of work, then I am actually robbing these people and God from what they are entitled to. Because, and they are entitled to my time because I freely engage in that relationship. I mean, it's fine. I'm doubting where I should go. I definitely shouldn't go to the right because that's where I got lost two weeks ago. So I'm just going to go straight on, keep this walk as simple as possible. I'm trying to walk over the dry part of the path here. I'm still surrounded by uh, a forest of smaller trees um, that in summertime, this is very dense, it's very leafy and green. Right now, it's like a graveyard. <laughs> Everything is completely barren and there are no signs yet of springtime. I guess the temperatures need to be stable for a couple of weeks for these trees to get the signal that it's time to get out of your winter mode. So I have engaged in a number of these relationships, which means I have also an obligation to invest in them. And if I only invest in my own work and I let that be the main value that drives my life, then I'm stealing from other people. I'm stealing from God. I'm stealing from myself. This became crystal clear to me when I was listening to this audiobook where they challenged people that have a small enterprise that is, you know, not making a profit or that is spending more than it earns to completely rethink the way they do their financial management. And one of the things that they advise you to do is to create separate bank accounts. Now, this is not always possible uh, um, for free. And, and there are only few banks that offer that uh, ability. But to create several bank accounts for each part of your financial uh, traffic, you could say. So, of course, you've got a bank account that is there for, to pay uh, the people that you hire. Um, there should be a bank account for um, salaries, uh, for profit also. And, uh, I'm, again, not very knowledgeable financially, but it made sense to me to have these separate accounts. And the idea was, the book is called Profit First. The idea is to not put yourself and your private life last, like many entrepreneurs, especially the self-employed, have a tendency to do. I definitely do that all the time. But to put yourself first, to give you the energy to do the rest. And it doesn't mean you just kind of cash in and then you don't pay the people that, uh, have a, that you have a duty to pay. It is considering yourself as um, maybe the most important person in your organization. 
uh, especially with these you know one person enterprises uh, the, the the owner <laughs> uh, the entrepreneur is usually also the one who makes the most hours who does gives the most creative input gets the most work done and so this book basically says it's time to acknowledge that you are important and that also your well-being and uh, having that balance in your life is vital for the future of your organization and it makes a nice comparison where it says uh, a lot of people uh, when in financial management they leave a lot of the payment stuff and taxes they leave that to an accountant they never bother the only thing that they check every day is their bank account how much money do i have in the bank and then they start spending it and they may even call it investing i'm just investing and just hiring all these people but the thing is that is just a huge amount of money but it hasn't been specified and so it may very well be that you're overspending because there's going to be this big tax moment where you're obliged to pay lots of taxes but you didn't think of that or you pay um you you buy all sorts of new equipment it's got to be good quality so i'm going for apple and uh, you know yeah it's uh 600 700 more uh 600 or euros more than uh, i would pay for let's say hp or dell but uh yeah we need to go for quality without realizing that actually something may break in the future and you haven't set aside money for that so um, and a lot of apparently entrepreneurs don't take into account uh, that they too should be paid so they keep just spending without a plan without a good strategy without realizing that all that money is not there to be spent uh, creating margin financial margin so you can operate for a couple of months even if everything falls flat most most entrepreneurs according to this book don't do that and so the advisors make separate bank accounts and make sure you pay yourself first and if you have debts then if you pay yourself first you can st- then decide to use 90 percent of the profit or the yeah the profit basically uh to use that on on debt reduction following dave ramsey's method you know the that snowball i won't go into detail because that's a whole other podcast but i love that idea just pay off the smaller debts first only pay what is what is absolutely necessary uh, you know the lowest amount that you can monthly do, and do that automatically everything else goes to the lowest amount of debt try to eliminate that and once you've eliminated that you use the the money that you then don't have to spend on that smaller debt towards the next goal, etc., etc. So it's this snowballing effect, and it's based on human behavior that we need encouragement. We need to feel that we're do- we're making stuff happen. That's why you start with the small stuff first. So, so baby steps, and then you will get energy and motivation to take on the bigger challenges. And so this method challenges you to do the same. Uh, you being debt free is uh, going to liberate so much energy. And the, the trick is also, the, the, the secondary aspect of that is, if you pay yourself first, and then you make sure that for, you have all these different categories covered, in terms of uh, we need to set some money aside for operations, if, uh, if, if the... Oh, this is a dead end. Let me go back. <laughs> it's the second time I fall for this. There's no indication that this only leads to a a house in the middle of the woods with a nice swimming pool. But before the owner sees me and then wants to uh, release the hounds, I'm getting out of here. (laughs) Um, So the, the, the method of separating all these different money flows... And, and, and making sure that you get paid yourself as well instead of paying yourself the last and then usually always basically stealing from yourself. Um, it also gives you one bank account for operations. And of course, that bank account will contain much less money than if you put it all together in one big account and you have no idea what you should spend or not. And what this book 
advocates is if you do that, you will see that you will get much smarter in spending your money. And instead of going, for instance, for a new computer from Apple or a phone, you'll just go with a cheaper brand. You'll just go with an Oppo or an HP or Dell or whatever. If it does the job, if it works, the, the motto is do it. If you can do something cheaper with with um, or or more efficiently, do it because you need that money to you know basically get some balance back. So this is all still in the recovery part of your management of your organization. Um, and and the, there was a nice metaphor that the author uses. Um, <laughs> if you buy a new uh, how would you call that? And we call it a tuba in in in, uh, in Dutch, the container for toothpaste. Um, I don't know the word actually. <laughs> anyway, if you buy a new uh, toothpaste thing <laughs> container, um, it, it, the, usually when you brush your teeth, you use a lot of it. But then by the end of the month, when <laughs> there's almost no toothpaste left in the thing. You become so creative at scraping out the last little bit of toothpaste in order to brush your teeth. So, so the, the result is exactly the same. You have clean teeth and you don't have to go to the dentist uh, if all goes well. But the process is so much different and you notice that you actually needed much less toothpaste than you thought when there was toothpaste plenty. Now, that is exactly how it works financially as well. If you only have... If you only look at that one bank account, that is for operations, and you know that you have to please all your customers with that limited amount of money, you become much more incentivized to work in a more, in a more efficient way, to figure out ways to do, to, to uh, have the same end result with less money or less time. Uh, less people. This is exactly how I've been operating for the last five years where I had an extremely limited budget for television. But I wanted to please my customer, which was basically the television company. And I wanted to prove that I was able to make a television show that most people would only be able to pull off if they had a budget of, well, let's say, 20 to 25,000 euros per episode. I was adamant that I could do it with 5,000. And so I came up with all these hacks to film something that looked super high quality and at the same time was done with a tiny budget that most television makers probably would only be able to use for, let's say, an interview with one camera and no <laughs> no movement. <laughs> that's that's what's normal. I was like, okay, I want to show that I can do better with that. So it made me super inventive, and I learned a ton of things by by being limited in the amount of money that I had to spend. It also made me very much aware of how much it costs to hire someone else, um, and how much that would put pressure on the overall budget. So I needed to be even more. Uh, even smarter. And one of the things that I used as a ground rule was on every production, I want to have 50% profit. So it means for, from the total budget that I have for this television episode, I only want to spend half of it. Because, in fact, the other half is for operations. It's for this margin. It is, it's not that that's pure profit. And I, the, the, there, uh, there's no... Uh, need for profit because we are a non-profit organization so the name itself shows it uh, we cannot make profit however if I am able to reduce the amount that I actually need to make that television show with the same quality as a TV show that is made with a much larger budget first of all it's fun because it's, it's really, really fun to figure out ways to do things in a good way without spending so much money. There's gratification. That in itself is already a value. But it's also giving me margin that I can then apply to the organization and that I can invest in things that will improve my work. And that's another 
idea in that book that's really uh, that I that, that I could immediately recognize is that once you start to work with that more much more limited amount of money, and you still try to do what you did for your customers, uh, you will be able to use a lot of the money that you normally would spend without a th- second thought. You will be able to spend that on stuff. That's your profit, basically. Um, to spend it on things that will improve your organization, that will make your life easier, that will up your quality. And so it is this, this, this approach where you're always going for, um, not for growth necessarily, but you go for an improvement of your workflow, uh, an improvement of your happiness to do the work that you do, instead of just focusing on just being able to pay the bills so there is a certain growth let's say quality growth and in fact one of the decisions that you may have to make and this also really hit me hard is that some of your customers are not worth it some of your customers will require the same amount of energy and time they will complain (laughs) it'll never be good enough they don't pay you half or maybe a tenth of what the bigger, the good customers that are a pleasure to work with pay you, but it required the same amount of work. So if you, if you see that, instead of just doing this, have, being in this mentality of like, oh, but I can do this as well, I can do that as well, make a little money on the sides, doing all these, uh, these hustles, uh, just get rid of those customers cut them off because they prevent you from having real growth yes they will bring in a little bit of money but they also will cost you a lot of time and and it's so it's it's a bad way of managing your organization if you just go for all the little stuff and then thereby not having the time and anymore to grow this hit me so much it was so close to home because that's what i've been doing in this first month and what I've been doing last year I was constantly kind of panicking like oh but we're going to be soon be without the TV show so let's just get whatever we can and I made my choices on the basis of not is this my area of expertise is this part of our mission no it was just but it brings in a little bit of money we can use that and so I committed to, my, to making these weekly uh, videos for for Facebook, basically, that are still tied to the old uh, title of my TV show that is currently um, still on TV, but it's all repeats, so nothing new. And I every week I have to spend uh, an entire day on, on writing and creating and filming and editing this little video that then is put on Facebook and reaches no one. Well, no one. Not even a thousand people. So in terms of time, uh, <clears throat> time investment, return on investment, it's one of the worst jobs. It is really actually not worth it. But I made that decision and I committed to it. And of course, if you commit to it contractually, and you have to, you have to make it work. And of course, I, <laughs> I figured out ways to do it more efficiently. But nevertheless, I should not have made that decision if I had known that that is actually, again, stealing from, from yourself, stealing from the opportunities that you have to, to grow in a, more, in a way that is much more consistent with your overall mission and that will also make you, make you happier. So that's another thing I learned. Never just pick a job because you need some money. No. Uh, don't worry about that. If you really serve your customer, says the book, if, you, if your customers are happy and you are able to deliver under budget uh, and, and top the expectations, they will pay you. And more people want, will want to work with you. So don't be afraid to invest in your mission and in yourself and in, in the balance that you have in creating margin to improve your, your operations instead of going after all these little you know, rabbits 
well, maybe, maybe I can catch one and then I have something to eat tonight. <laughs> that's not the way. Um, that's not the way to go. Better invest in a good rifle. <laughs> Only for hunting rabbits, right? Um, so the the idea. Maybe I've shocked now a lot of you vegetarian listeners. I so apologize. It's just a metaphor, right? I've never hunted a, <laughs> a poor little rabbit. How could I? Um, but uh, so and and then the the final lesson for me was how I could apply that to <clears throat> to my own time management and I'm still kind of trying to find out a good practical way to to implement the lessons learned from this book to the way I spent my time so right now the current situation is I've already made a lot of choices and and discarded a lot of projects like we we, we decided we would go for a few things the number one value that is guiding all our decisions is does it grow the community not just in terms of numbers although that would be nice but certainly most of all in terms of does it grow the community spiritually can we help people does it help their, them to grow in their own lives that is our goal and everything we do needs to serve the community and so that makes it very simple to discard a number of, of things. I'll talk about it a little bit more in the extra mile that I record for my patrons. Um, but it has this helped us to focus on a few things and not feel guilty about discarding all the rest. So what are the main things that I'm doing this year with our organization? It is uh, the podcast, obviously. Um, it is the YouTube channel and it's the documentaries. That is what we are focusing on and we want to do that that as as well as possible and our first customers are not broadcasting companies are not in angel investors our first customers if you can call them like that is you it's our community you are the people that ask us to do things that help you. That's why the feedback in the community on Discord for the, the patrons that actually also invest in, in the mission is we use that Discord community to gather your feedback. Is this what you want? Is this something you would like or not? And that is how we learn what you as someone that we serve needs and we are literally at your service and i think that that is that's the very first aspect of this approach the second one is i have to make sure that i have various bank accounts not for money but for hours a day has a number of hours and as you know i work usually in a very structured way where every hour just like in a budget every hour has its purpose I even have in my calendar the, t- the, the time it takes to cook. My running, my reading, television watching, sleep, everything is in there. There's nothing that I have in my head like, oh, I want to do that. That is not also an, an, a certain time set apart in my calendar. If it's not in my calendar, then it, it doesn't belong in my calendar and it's not important. And if something becomes important, like, for instance, an idea I've got a big file on in, in OneNote where it's like, maybe someday. It's all these wild ideas that I have. Oh, wouldn't it be cool to do this or that? So me flying to Mars to be the first outer space chaplain. Yeah, that's on my someday maybe list. If that ever becomes a priority, of course, it will go from that list into onto my calendar. But the thing is, I have separate accounts, or I, sh- I want to set up a visual way of creating these separate accounts for time. That whenever I um, have to work overtime, and in this field of work, it's almost impossible to calculate everything in advance. It's a creative work, and it can you can have these technical glitches or creative issues where a certain job that you had calculated to take a certain amount of hours will take actually double of it the thing is that shouldn't be a problem if you account for that if you if you have a 
an account, a number of hours that you commit to. This is these are my work hours, and whatever doesn't uh, can't be done within this budget cannot be done. And the book is super super strict on you never steal from other accounts. So if you can't pay yourself your salary. You never take, for instance, from the bank account that is there to reserve money for taxes. You can never take not a single dime from that account because it will get you into trouble when you have to pay taxes. So, or, or taking money from, your, from the account that is meant to pay you and your family, if you have one. You never take money out of that account to pay uh, your debts or to pay for equipment or whatever. Just because you think, oh, but I'll make it back next week. For time management is exactly the same thing. The, 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 the motto should be you never take hours from an account that is dedicated to some other aspect of your life that is just as important as your work. That was the big eye-opening moment that I had when reading this book. So I'm thinking I should sit down and make a good calculation of the amount of time that I actually want to be available for work. And that is not just production work. That's another uh, thing that I learned. Hey, good morning. Hey. 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 Hey, good boy. Good boy. Good boy. He's behind a fence, so no worries. <laughs> it's, it's important to... Uh, t- uh, to... T- to reserve about 70% of your time for production work, creative work, and then also have 30% of your hours available for administration, meetings. Uh, well, what I do uh, when I uh, have our, my work meetings with Inge, uh, reply interviews, you know, everything that is work-related but is not necessarily the work itself. Uh, acquisition could also be that, you know, uh, one of these days I will have to go talk with uh, people from the broadcasting organization and see if we can work together this year. That is all work time. I used to do that in my spare time, basically stealing from the time I had available to go for a walk or cook, read a book, go to bed. And that is something that... um, I think was my, the biggest misconfiguration I, uh, of my life is to always think, oh, but I have all these hours, you know. I still have until 9 o'clock before I have to go to bed. So, hey, I can put another two hours into uh, editing this video. No, actually no, because then you're stealing from your very vital time off where you have to recharge your creative and mental batteries. So don't do that. Do never steal from another account. Because ultimately you're also stealing from the people that you invest in, the relationships. If I work an extra hour and it takes away from the time that I normally reserve for my prayer life, for instance, I'm stealing from this account, this (laughs) availability that I should have for God. Now God is very modest, so he'll never you know, knock on my door like, like, you need to pay me right now with your prayers and I want at least 10 rosaries because you're in debt. No, that's not the way God works. But that's also why you tend to underestimate the importance of of keeping these accounts separate from each other. What I'm looking for is a a way to visualize this. If you have any ideas, let me know, by the way. so that if I have to spend a little bit more time, for instance, on a certain um, a certain task or a certain job, that I can see that. And uh, I'm also looking for a way... So this, this book is about profit first. It's also about having some extra profit from the work that you do. Even if you are on a you know, shoestring budget... You always should have these little things that make you make it worth it. And so for me, I was thinking, I'm I'm so in debt with myself at first. I'm, I've been stealing so much from the time that I 
that I really need to recover and to relax a little bit, basically, I should start to pay myself back. And if I work in a very efficient way, I should be able to visualize that and to make it more concrete by saving up time. If there's one thing that I would love is to just have a week where I don't have to work. And I can just go to Rome or, you know, walk a bit of the Camino de Santiago or something like that without feeling, uh, without feeling guilty that I'm, I'm stealing from, from, the, from my work relationship with you. Um, and so I, but I think that it is, and I'm, this is the part where I'm still kind of brainstorming, how can I do that? But how cool would it be that if I have found more efficient ways to do work and I, I improve the operations in such a way that I save some time, that I can put that time that I save into another account that will actually be fun for a change. It doesn't mean that I have to be on vacation most of the year, but saving up a few hours here and there and then just being able to tell yourself, hey, I now saved up a week's worth of free time I'm just going to take an entire week where I do nothing but cooking or I'll just go on this big, you know, walking trip through the Netherlands. Uh, this is one of the things on my maybe one day uh, list to, to, tra- to uh, walk from the north of the country all the way to the south of the country. It's a famous walking route called the St. Peter's Path. And, but that takes multiple weeks to walk it. Um, and I never would grant myself that time because I would feel guilty. But now, or or I would tell myself, well, I need to make a TV show out of that. But what if I could just enjoy things because I I saved up for it? That is a, 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 how I want to approach my work. I hope this uh, these ideas have helped you. Also, think about the way you um, balance your work. If you are a patron, um, I'm going to talk a little bit more specifically about how this applies to the projects that I am uh, choosing to do this year uh, in the in the one of the free uh, podcasts that you get as a patron so uh, but anyway thank you so much <laughs> and don't hesitate to give me feedback and if you have found a way to you know make f- work fun <laughs> um, let me know your thoughts and ideas, and, and especially if you, if you have more experience in this area. I'd love to learn from you as well. Thanks for uh, walking with me, and I will talk to you later. God bless.